0: Santa May Be a Criminal is proudly brought to you by Best Elves. Best Elves is the wildly addictive puzzle game that lets you collect tons of the cutest elves from the North Pole and pit them against the smelly and slimy evil thugs. You get to solve thousands of hilarious holiday-themed puzzles, spend your hard-earned money on power-ups you don't need, and waste loads of time. The best thing about it? You don't need an internet connection. So if you're stuck on that layover in Charlotte... You can pull out your phone and just slay. It's the gaming gift that never stops giving or taking. That's Best Elves, Best Selves without the middle S. Best Elves is not a real product and is not available on the Apple app or Google Play store. Any similarity to an actual game is intentional but wholly for comedic purposes.
1: Program contains talk about criminal activity and may paint a not so flattering picture of one of your childhood heroes. It even includes a few cuss words and may not be appropriate for your youngins, so you might want to earmuff them or send them outside to play. Thanks for listening.
2: The following is a collect call from a person presumed nice until proven naughty. (laughs) Santa Claus.
3: (laughs) An inmate at the Graven County Correctional
1: Facility. Yep. You heard that right. Santa Claus. My name's Richie Buck. I'm a pest control technician, carpenter, sometimes wise man in my church Christmas program. And as unbelievable as it might sound, I'm here to save Christmas. This is an Ear Cult production brought to you in association with Crawl Space Media. Santa may be a criminal. A 12-part Yuletide Investigation. This is the third day of Christmas. Reindeer Games. i all year. You may have noticed that this week's episode is titled after one of the greatest movies of all time. In fact, Tim and Lance, the benevolent overlords at Crawl Space Media, they both give it a B minus on their extraordinarily difficult movie rating scale. Yep. I'm talking about reindeer games. It's an iconic masterpiece starring Ben Affleck and the elfin faced Charlize Theron. Call me back sometime, Charlize, please. All joking aside, I realize we're dealing with a lot more than a bad hangover here. We got a dead lady, a drunk Santa, nine reindeer at the impound. But first, we got to pay our respects. Amazing
0: grace, how sweet the sound!
1: The scene is my hometown's Tabernacle Baptist Church. I'm standing at the back of the hard-shell Southern House of Worship. There are worn <coughs> hymnals in the backs of about 50 pews, velvet-lined offering plates, and a 10-foot copper-colored crucifix in the front. It's hanging over the baptismal pool that me and all my kin were baptized in. The room smells like a mix of peppermint and muscle rub. And my daddy always needed muscle rub. There ain't an air conditioner in the place, which makes summers in this room feel a lot more like hell than heaven. Maybe that's the idea. Anyhow, there are a lot of people in here. So many people. Two things are very clear. Jesus is Lord, and Ruthie Parker Guest was a beloved woman.
2: That this world is a little less bright without Miss Guest, Miss Ruthie, and that beautiful smile. And she was struck down, doing what she loved the most, brothers and sisters, and that is serving the Lord. Amen. Serving the Lord, amen. amen.
1: The mood is somber, but not sad. It's like when your coworker quits, but they went to work at the top pest control company in town. You miss them, but you know. They're in a better place. Well,
2: I tell you, she's experiencing what we all will one day, what we will one day, and that is paradise, brothers and sisters. Paradise with our Lord.
1: Channel 10 even covered it for the Suppertime News.
3: I'm outside the Tabernacle Baptist Church where a vigil is being held for Ruthie Barker Guest killed on Christmas Eve out on County Line Road doing what she loved, delivering scuppernog preserves to her neighbors. Her great-granddaughter, Rita
1: Barker, spoke
3: exclusively to Channel 10 Action News.
1: She was a great woman and an even greater great-grandma. We all loved her so much. I just can't believe what
3: they said happened to her. We asked Ms. Barker about the incident. She told us that Sheriff Dewberry guarded her against going into detail due to the open investigation. But don't worry. We'll follow this continuing story and report back with any updates. For now, Amanda Jergensen, Channel 10 Action News.
1: The vigil ends with some words from the family, a couple of hymns, then an invitation to go back to the fellowship hall to eat. Now, I have never shied away from a good dish of mac and cheese, but a question has been puzzling me since all this started. And I have to figure that out. That question and more after the break. No can do. I'm speaking on a video call with Detective Samantha Strong, the lead investigator in Santa Claus's case. Ain't you curious?
3: No, I'm not.
1: Not even a little? If Santa hit Ruthie Barker Guest with his sleigh at around 1130 on Christmas Eve, how in the hell did the rest of us end up with presents under our tree the next morning? (laughs) This question has bugged me since I first decided I was going to follow this case. How am I supposed to help you solve this case if you won't let me talk to him?
3: Okay. First of all, stop acting like you're on the case. I have strict orders from Sheriff Dewberry. No one, no one is allowed to speak to the suspect but his counsel, the sheriff, and me.
1: Ugh, fine. Can I at least see the reindeer? It looked like I'd hit a dead end and trying to chat with Santa, at least by going through Detective Strong. So, I decided to get back to how it all began. I got a notepad, a red ballpoint pen and I started to write. Dear Santa, aka Prisoner 107-020 of the Screven County Correctional Facility, this isn't a request for gifts. In fact, maybe I can be a gift to you. I'm hoping that you're innocent of anything of which you've already been charged. And I also hope you're innocent of anything that you may be charged with in the future. I have one question I'd like to ask you in person. Can I come visit? I still believe in you. Richie Buck.
2: Oh, it's time for
3: Christmas! Hello? Richie? Yeah? I hate you. What? I said, I hate you.
1: That's not very nice.
3: I wish you'd stop with this nice business. You're making my job harder. How? You want to see them?
1: Who? They stink. Hey, you asked for this. Me and Detective Strong are standing in the middle of a large, round horse pen. But surrounding me ain't horses. It's Santa's reindeer. And if I were to be honest, I couldn't be more excited, even if they smell like a sewage plant on an August day. They sure do poop a lot.
2: They poop more than any animal i ever seen in hell. They ain't even ate that much.
1: The voice you're hearing, that's Bart. He's been with the state farm for two decades. I think I mentioned previously, but the state farm is what they call animal control around here. Bart seems like a nice guy getting seriously tired of shoveling reindeer shit. Come here, dancer.
3: It's interesting. What? It's like they really don't like Rudolph.
1: Detective Strong is using her investigative skills to point out the obvious. Rudolph is in an adjacent pen. If I thought the reindeer had feelings, I'd say he looks truly bummed out. Like, he wants to prance and play with his brothers and sisters. He looks sad. Why is he in a different pen? The
2: first couple of days we tried keeping him in here with the others, but they just weren't having it. It got real aggressive. You know, toward the little one. Anytime they got worked up, the lights on his nose would glow. I was worried that he was gonna hurt the little guy. So we decided to put him in the other holding area.
1: I walk over to Rudolph and he meets me at the fence. I rub his head and his nose lights up. He wags his short tail and I run my hand down his face to the nose. And boy, it is putting off some heat. You're right, Bart, this thing gets hot. I notice that Prancer occasionally looks back and grunts in Rudolph's direction.
3: Prancer's an asshole.
1: Detective Strong is right. Prancer is an asshole. And so is Dasher. And it definitely seems that the hateful eight, as I'll call them from now on, want to keep Rudolph at a distance.
2: Watch him. See what they're doing? They're hiding their games from him. Pretty effed up if you ask me.
1: Certainly looks like the other animals are actually trying to keep their fun away from Rudolph. I feel sorry for the little guy. Not only does he have a big bulb on his nose, but he's sort of jumping at the fence, like he really wants to be included. As an outcast during my high school years, I can relate.
3: To be honest, they looked pretty malnourished when we brought them here that night. A couple of them had lacerations on their hindquarters.
1: Detective Strong shows me some areas on Donner and Blitzen where trauma may have occurred. Bless their hearts.
3: And their fur was covered in Vaseline.
1: Vaseline? Why would they be covered in that?
3: We think it was to cut down on the wind shear and the friction while they were in the air. Make them a little more aerodynamic.
2: <sighs> That's not a good look.
3: There's not much of this that is.
2: They were pretty damn skittish when they first arrived, but we got them bathed and cleaned up and tended to their lacerations and... Offered him some hops. Twelve hours later, they went to shit and they ain't stopped.
0: We
1: finish visiting with the reindeer and step outside.
3: You know that evidence on the animals? Not good for your friend.
1: My friend? What friend? Santa. Last I checked, he was everybody's friend.
3: Right, except. Ruthie Barker guessed. Why do you hate
1: him so much?
3: I don't hate him.
1: You seem awful hell-bent on making sure he's locked up through next Christmas and beyond. He killed a woman. Allegedly. What about due process? Evidence doesn't lie, Richie. I knew that. And Detective Strong was right. She was here to serve justice, not make me feel better. And the more I looked at this, the more I realized Santa was going to have a big hill to climb if he was going to prove his innocence. A few days after I sent that letter to Santa, I came home after a particularly long shift at work. I found my mailbox open. I thought that was pretty odd and when I looked inside, I found a green envelope with my name written in large block letters. No address, no stamp, no return address. I gotta be honest, it creeped me out. I actually looked over my shoulder a time or two before I took the letter inside. To.
2: You don't know who it's from. It's from Santa. You don't know that.
1: Who else could it be from?
2: I don't know. What if it's got anthrax or something who in it?
1: want to send me anthrax?
2: I don't know. You're messing around with Christmas.
1: I'm trying to save it. I hang up on Rodney and use the pocket knife my pawpaw left me when he died to open the letter up, and I couldn't believe what I saw. Large block letters again, which read, Richie, period. Visit, period. Friday, period. 1745, period. Bring cookies, period. S, period. C, period. Looked like I was going to get my question answered after all.
0: Okay. Now's the time for the results of our very first North Pole poll, where we pose the question, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? When I got Bruce Willis on the phone, he had this to say.
2: Die Hard is not a Christmas
0: movie! But you disagreed, with more than 80% of the votes saying that Die Hard is indeed a Christmas movie. For more polls, and to stay up to date with the latest developments, follow us at SantaMaybe on Twitter and Instagram.
1: The Scrubbing County Correctional Institution looks like every jail or prison you've ever seen on television. Mostly concrete and steel, mostly gray and white. I walk into a room with six chairs, seated at six telephone handsets. I sit down and drum my fingers on the table.
2: Send down the elf.
1: I place my tin of cookies on the surface in front of me. They're hot butter rum cookies, though I ain't real sure how Santa's gonna feel with me bringing him something that has alcohol in it, seeing as how that's what got him in this place to begin with. After a few minutes, he appears in front of me. I'm nervous. Glass separates us, but there he is, in a deep red jumpsuit. I heard that he'd refused to wear the prison issue orange or white, and the judge allowed him a red one in exchange for a permanent spot on the nice list. Can't say I blame him. Santa. There he is. I couldn't see him real good on the interrogation video before... And even still, here he is. It's definitely Santa. And he's everything you expected. Except, instead of where the big bushy beard is supposed to be, he has more of a five o'clock shadow. He nods toward the handset, and I pick it up. Santa? Richie? Santa smiles at me as though he's happy to meet me. How do you do? And then... I'm speechless for a moment, but just for a moment. Then I remember what I'm here for. I have so many questions. On advice of
2: counsel, you'll have to keep them away from my current situation. Ho, ho, ho.
1: I understand. Um, Can I ask you about your beard? Did they make you shave it? He looks down, almost ashamedly, shakes his head.
2: No, no, it's always been a fake.
1: This takes me aback. I move away from the glass. He raises his hand as if to calm me down. Oddly, it does.
2: A really famous soft drink company. One that you like to drink. Made a whole sack full of money on that image. They thought it sold the wisdom and legitimacy of Christmas. I held up my end of the bargain throughout the life of the contract. But now this has happened.
1: He indicates his jumpsuit.
2: They canceled my contract and took the beard back.
1: He looks younger without the beard. Also, tireder.
2: I don't care. It bothered me. You said you had a question. Sorry, right. Just
1: one real important one. Ho, ho, ho. Well, go ahead. How did all the presents get delivered on time by Christmas morning if you were with Sheriff Dewberry and Detective Strong? He runs a hand over the stubble on his chin and glances up at me. I see the twinkle there in his eyes. An impish glint that makes you wonder if he is in fact guilty of the crime he's been charged with.
2: You know, you're the first person to ask me that. Ho ho ho
1: his answer to that question? Next time on Santa Maybe a Criminal. We'll also really get to meet Dr. Peter Vimsickle, forensic psychologist, and his counterpart, Dr. Myra Abernathy they have two completely different evaluations of Santa's mental state and as I continue to worry about the future of Christmas I discover a way to raise funds for Santa's defense Santa may a criminal was conceived in the last row of the Zebulon theater in Cairo Georgia during a matinee of Miracle on 34th street by head elf Jason Usry co-executive elves Rebecca Sebastian, Dr. Shiloh Katanese, Michelle Kazuba, Dr. Scott Musgrove, and a few other rogue elves. Stay up to date and ensure your space on the nice list by leaving us a five-star rating wherever your ears are right now. Then, go and rate us five stars everywhere else. Music and sound effects licensed by Paying Through the Nose to multiple royalty-free music and sound effects providers, not the least of which are Epidemic Sound, Motion Array, and Soundstrike. Additional musical contributions at Slay by Captain Fat Hands. To check out the cast for this episode, as well as their other projects, visit the show notes and check out SantaMaybe.com. You can also add people to the Naughty Your Nice list by emailing the North Pole at workshop at santamaby.com. Santa Maybe a Criminal is an ear cult production presented in association with the Crawlspace Media Network. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. And while we're having a lot of fun with this podcast, we want to take a quick moment to be serious about an important nonprofit organization that benefits or advocates for victims in the true crime community. Here's an announcement from Private Investigations for the Missing.
2: When a person goes missing, their loved ones often find themselves overcome with worry and grief. Bruce Maitland started the 501c3 nonprofit organization Private Investigations for the Missing because he knows this feeling all too well. When Bruce's
1: daughter Brianna disappeared in March 2004, he was surrounded by licensed private investigators dedicated to finding her. thanks. And until next time, be nice.